0: It is Wednesday, June 14th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is not my man, Trevor Plouffe. That is my man, Jolly Olive. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. You're probably wondering, where's Plouffe? He's busy hanging out with his Valley's North friends. He's got a little uh, Twins Brewers action during the day. So Jolly, good enough to hang out with us. How you doing,
1: I'm good man. I'm uh, I'm uh, announcing my Orioles fandom today after another yeah. embarrassing loss from my primary team. Uh but otherwise good. A lot of great baseball being played the past few days especially in Oakland uh, which I'm I'm so excited to talk about. But uh yeah, feeling good.
0: Uh speaking of the West Coast, you'll be heading out to the All-Star Game festivities in Seattle, correct?
1: I am and I'm very excited about that as well.
0: So the um the VIP portion of our All-Star Day party Those tickets have already been sold out, which is great. That's awesome. But if you want to watch the All-Star game with us and still hang out and still have some drinks and get some grub just like we did in Denver two years ago and L.A. last year, there's plenty of tickets available for that. So check out our social media channels. Sign up now, and you can hang out with all of us. So it's going to be a blast coming up in now less than a month. We cannot wait. But let's start talking a little bit about what happened in Oakland last night. The reverse boycott. Nearly 30,000 fans packed the house as the Oakland A's won their seventh straight. They are no longer statistically, record-wise, the worst team in baseball. In fact, they won the evening because they got 27,000 strong to chant simultaneously this. <laughs> Yeah, you heard it frequently last night. Sell the team directed at their owner John Fisher. Of course, this team eventually will be moving most likely to Las Vegas. Uh yesterday in fact, they they passed the Las Vegas Senate passed a 380 million dollar bill to help subsidize the stadium. So now it moves on to the next stage. So it seems like they're making one step closer to Las Vegas. But this was all about Oakland and its fans and the fandom of the A's. What'd you take away from last night?
1: That if you put a good product on the field, Oakland fans will come out and support it in droves. And they showed that last night in a ex- not an exhibition game, a regular season game in the middle of June uh, with the team bordering on the worst record in baseball. It showed that Oakland is a great sports town and there's a lot of lineage and history uh, to that franchise who once three-peated a championship and won several World Series before the 21st century. It's a shame, really, that uh, it, things are turning towards Las Vegas because – it's it really reminded me how special of an environment Oakland can be, and I was lucky enough to work closely with Jerry Blevins for you know two years uh, at John Boy Media, and he's a he's a Met fan, but he really has Oakland in his heart first, and he would always speak volumes about how fun it was to play in the Coliseum when it was packed and the team was good. And he constantly remarked about that 2012 team that won five in a row and upset that Rangers team to take the division title. And there's a lot of magic stories with the Oakland days. And I think uh, last night I'm hoping is not the final chapter of magic stories with the Oakland days.
0: Unfortunately, it might be. It it might be the last time we see that place pretty packed and it's a shame. I think what it does show is that there is strength Um, when people want to do something and get together, whether this is word via social media or elsewhere that we can do some pretty cool shit out there. And I think it was awesome. Now, do I think that it meant anything to John Fisher? Do I think that he sat in his palatial estate last night and went, my God, what am I doing? No, I don't. I know that the guy was born on third base. He is the son of the people who founded gap. Um, at the end of the day, he's going to be counting his dollars and cents, and that's his right. Uh, I don't know him personally, so I, I can't judge him that way. But we haven't heard boo from him. I'll tell you this. If people were throwing, dragging my name through the mud and questioning my character, I would want to get out there and say, this is the way I'm feeling, and this is the, way, the reason I'm doing this. He's running hid. He has made sure that Commissioner Manfred has taken the bullets for him will continue to do so because that's what he pays them for. And that's what 29 other owners do the same. They all like to run and hide, except when they're getting handed the commissioner's trophy. Then they'll be front and center. It's why I give credit to a guy like Stevie Cohen. It's why I give credit to a guy like Mark Cuban. Guys who will get in front and answer tough questions um, when they need to. And uh, John Fisher has not done that. He has uh, left a town high and dry that is really, really disappointing.
1: Yeah, I think you uh, you articulated it perfectly. I mean, it, it's when there's nothing binding them to being accountable in front of the fans and the people that love this sport, sometimes more than life itself, there's no reason that they will. And uh, again, you said it before, as is right, it doesn't make it any less immoral what John Fisher is doing to the people of Oakland.
0: I've said this time and time again, when you own a sports franchise, that is unlike anything else in this world, right? If you, uh, if you own uh, the Hershey company, there aren't people walking around with Hershey jerseys on. They just don't. It's not like, yeah, I'm rooting for my favorite candy bar today. (laughs) That's it, right? You don't pour your soul and your allegiance into a freaking candy bar. So when you own a sports team, you owe it to them. To be front and center. You don't have to be there every day, but twice a year, beginning of the season and end of the season. And if you're an awful, holy God mess like this one, and it's not solely on John Fisher here. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know the political workings of Northern California, but I know that I've lost enough faith in our political system to know that not everything is easy. And I've lived in California for almost 25 years. It's not easy to get a stadium referendum passed out here. It's just not and so but there has to be some given and take and there just isn't here and uh it's tough to see because i've been through it with my football team and it sucks man
1: i mean yeah i mean for i feel almost spoiled i know that the the mets themselves aren't playing well right now but still the fact that i have an owner that wants to invest and wants to win and wants to interact with fans and be at all these events and constantly show his face and show that he cares and is watching, you know, that's kind of a, a one in 100, one in 1000 thing going on with sports owners right now. And for the Oakland A's faithful to even have a shred of that from their ownership group, I think would change things a lot, but it's just too far gone at this point. It is.
0: Hang in there. You've won seven in a row. You're no longer the worst team in baseball. I will say this. I want to finish it with this, and this is not lost on me. The A's did one right thing as an organization last night. They took all the revenue that they garnered from that, I think it was $811,000, and donated it to the Oakland Food Bank and the Education Fund. Whether that is just, hey, let's make ourselves look good or whatever, that's still almost a million dollars that's going to go and help people. So I think it's important we at least get that back in there. So thank you. Agreed. Brutal start of the subway series for you, my friend. Here we go. So I and I'm sorry <laughs> about this. Uh biggest story of the night. Was it the Yankees erase a five-one deficit against Max Scherzer? Was it that reliever Drew Smith got ejected for having a foreign after having a foreign substance check? Or was it the eighth inning where Clay Holmes put out a basis loaded one out fire to preserve the lead?
1: You know, for me, Rosie, uh, the biggest story was John Curtis getting called up from AAA and throwing two scoreless innings. I mean, I thought that's what we were going to (laughs) talk about here. I thought that was going to be the first story. No, I mean, it was about as bad as things can get. The Mets blow another lead that they had in a game, uh, a big game as they did in all of the brave series games. And uh, it's a story of the starting pitching. Once again, a $40 million pitcher can't hold a lead in a big game. And that's just been the story of the Mets season. It could be the story again tonight with Justin Verlander taking the bump, but I will say this to comment on the quality of the game. It was a very exciting game. If you're an objective baseball fan and also Clay Holmes looks like he's back at full powers and full strength again because, man, did he look good in the eighth inning last night.
0: Yeah, that was to me, that was the biggest story, right, to get Lindor and then Marte back-to-back strikeouts. You know, when the Mets had the opportunity to reclaim the lead, possibly, you know, get a W here, that was enormous. But that's been the story all season long for the Yankees. Their bullpen has been phenomenal. It's the only collective bullpen that has an ERA under three in the bigs. Uh, They lead that by a wide margin. They had six relievers last night that covered four and a third innings after Severino got knocked around. Pretty good. uh, Here's the thing. If Rodon can ever get on the field and if Judge can stay on the field, this team to me feels like about a left fielder away from really competing for something
1: big. I mean, you know, you see the Rays losing to the Oakland A's. The Orioles stay hot, but I mean – it's still anybody's AL East within those top three, totally. maybe top four uh, division guys there. And the Yankees yeah. bullpen, they're doing it without Lou Trevino, a guy they traded for last year. Scott Efros, a guy they traded for last year. Jonathan long longtime piece of the pen. Uh, Ian Hamilton, one of those reclamation projects. They're down four of their guys that would be probably in this bullpen right now, if healthy, and they still have the best pen in the league. And I think that's going to be a huge key to their success, obviously outside of Aaron judge coming back and being Aaron judge is the fact that if they can get five good innings from their starters, not named Garrett Cole, they can probably have a good shot at winning a ball game.
0: Yeah. And that's going to uh, ring true in, in October. If they're ending up in, in a decent position very quickly, I do want to touch on the Drew Smith situation because now we've seen it twice where Mets, pitchers have been ejected. We saw it with Domingo Herman this year. Uh, I'm not going to say this is a New York area problem, but it continues to rear its ugly head up there. Um, what do you think of the whole thing?
1: I mean, I don't know if you saw the post game quote where Drew Smith said that he went up to an MLB official in the tunnel, made him check his hands, and the official laughed and said that there was nothing there. Obviously, we don't have video of that or anything like that, but I don't think Drew is lying. If you watch the video, he seems very earnest. It's perplexing uh the fact that it's happened in the mets both times both times it's been a sweat and rosin situation uh we can put on our tinfoil hats and maybe say that rob manfred's calling in some shots against his least favorite owner steve cohen But the fact of it is, I feel like every time I've come on baseball today, even as a guest, we've we've discussed sticky stuff rules in some capacity. (laughs) And my answer has been the same every single time until the ambiguity is outlined in some sort of formal ruling. This will continue to happen. And the umpires explanations uh, after the game were just we don't know what it was. We know that it was sticky. So we threw him out and that's not good enough. But it's what's going to happen continuously throughout the season for sure.
0: And once again, we won't hear from the league office on it other than some sort of statement. And Bill Miller, you know, talked to a pool reporter and said it was the stickiest hand I've seen all year, just as Drew Smith predicted he would say in his post-game conference. So, yeah, it's just – at this point, it's almost laughable. I laughed. I I did
1: laugh live during the game.
0: But it's not funny because now Drew Smith has this on his record. He's going to have to – pending an appeal he's going to have to end up serving a 10 game suspension and the Mets are going to be a pitcher down. So yep. it's not funny. As much as we want to sit here and be like ha, ha, they just can't get it right. There are on-field ramifications and personal ramifications for a guy named Drew Smith. So I just don't know where we go from here. I don't know I don't know if the league cares about trying to get this right or what it is. It's just, once again what we hear is silence out of them. I have invited them to come on the Rose rotation. I have twice sent emails to league PR people who have not returned my emails. And these are people I've known for a long time. I've been kind of disappointed, to be honest with you. All all I need is a return email saying, Chris, we're not going to do that. Um, treat us like adults. Yeah. Treat us like well adults. Well said. A little disappointing. So goes it. Uh, all right. You're looking at a couple of guys right now with a lot of facial hair. Okay. Okay. So we haven't been shaving that much. But when we do, you need to get into the game with Harry's sleekest razor yet. It is the craft handle. It is the innovative design that delivers the same great shave you expect with German-engineered blades that glide across your skin and a killer new look. Here's the deal. As you can see, I'm not shaving much. But I do have two sons that are 22 and 17, they are very hairy. In fact, my 17-year-old can grow a full beard. <laughs> they like to shave. Neither one of them has liked the razors we've gotten them in the years past. I got this Harry's razor. I said, Josh, try this. Josh has very sensitive skin. He's very particular about what he uses. He used it. He has not stopped endorsing the thing. He's like, Dad, can I get, can I get more blades? I'm like, no problem. <laughs> we'll take care of you. So if it is a Josh Rose endorsed razor, the guy with the most sensitive skin around, then it is good for you. And it means that you can get a premium shave for less. It includes a craft handle, a five-blade German-engineered razor cartridge, shaving gel, and a travel cover. And it elevates your everyday shave on top of that. So we need you to step up your routine. Dozens of affordable items to choose from, like shaving creams, post-shave balm, body washes, hydrating lotions, and more. So it'll take care of more than just your facial hair. There is no reason not to try Harry's. Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry. So elevate your shave with the latest and greatest in Harry's razor handle lineups today. Get your $17 craft handle starter set for 10 bucks For 10 bucks at harrys.com slash today. That is harrys.com slash today. We continue on with Carlos Correa, the hero of so many... Postseason season moments over the years down there in Houston. Well, last night might have been his special moment. He hit a walk-off homer. They put a four-spot up on Devin Williams and Milwaukee Brewers. They win the game 7-5. to five. Afterward, uh, Dick Bremer, play-by-play guy for Bally's North up there in the Twin Cities, said this might be his watershed moment. Do you think Correa will jumpstart his Twins career from this point forward?
1: I mean, he's just too good not to it's been very strange to see him perform so poorly throughout these first three months and you can attribute that to injury or the first year of a new deal and taking his foot off the gas pedal but carlos correa is going to be good i don't think anybody would be remiss to say that and you know he started off the year a below league average hitter but this moment seems like a turning point it gets the twins over 500 and we don't want to see a division winner under 500 so i like that part of it i know you're a cleveland guy so maybe you don't uh but correa needs to go if the twins are going to go because buxton's injured again uh but they need to take advantage of what i consider to be maybe their best pitching staff since johan santana was a minnesota twin Uh, this feels like it could be a big year for them but they need their stars to play like stars and uh, if that's the case carlos correa this could be a turning point for him
0: well so he's got three homers in his last five games so he's got the power stroke he is hitting 217 his high water mark of the season was 250. That was two months ago. So really, he's been hovering right around 200 for much of this year. I know batting average is not the end-all, be-all, but still, it's alarming when you see one of baseball's more consistent players over the last six or seven years fighting that mark. Um, he can be such a difference maker, man. And few guys like the spotlight more than this dude, right? When he was in Houston and the game was on the line, whether you like this or not the tapping, the watch it was Correa time. Yeah. And he just, there were a few guys that you would go through and hand pick and say, I want that guy up with the you know game on the line. That guy, he was easily a top
1: five dude, right? Easily, especially in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. And he can be that guy for Minnesota. The twins, they either hit homers or they don't do much. That's kind of been their MO this year. Um, I am hopeful this does not start something special, but I've been waiting for the Correa train to pull out of the station ever since he got up to the twin cities.
1: I mean, the thing that'll make the AL central watchable again is the stars performing like stars of that of the East and West. And it starts with guys like J. Ram, who's been doing it all year and Carlos Correa, who's picking it up now. And, You know, a thing that people say about a lot of teams is if your team is going to be special, you need to get those surprised career years from some of the guys that aren't getting paid the big bucks. And right now I look up and down this Twins roster and they're not really getting that. So that means all the more reason that they need the Correa and the Buxton train to really, really go. And, you know, we're only halfway through June and then we're at the end of the first half and there's still plenty of ball left to play. And Correa can completely rewrite the narrative of this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously they traded their best contact hitter in Luis Arise in order to get a pretty good pitcher in Pablo Lopez. You got to give up something good to get something good. Yeah. I, and I, people I'd
1: be people but, are saying that was a win-win trade. That's looking like a Marlins win right now. He's been 400.
0: It, it is, but I, Pablo Lopez is a really, really good pitcher and they extended him. And this is a right. team that is, is going to have several spots available In their starting rotation after this year led by Sonny Gray, who's in the last year of his deal. So it made it made sense, particularly when they extended him the early part of this season. So I wouldn't give up on that trade just yet if I were a Twins fan. Um, I would like to hear your opinion very quickly because I don't know where you sit. Which team because I put Kansas City and Detroit over on their own island. Sure. Which of those other three teams Minnesota Cleveland Chicago is the favorite in your opinion.
1: I would put Chicago on the Island too. I think they're thinking about really uh, yeah, I'm I'm out. I think they're thinking about July 31st, what they can get for the amount of pieces that they have. This is a two horse race. And if uh, I know Cleveland fans haven't seen the team go, but you gotta be feeling good. If you really have what seems to be one team standing in your way from getting back into the playoffs as a top three seed for me, it's still Cleveland. I still think the formula is there with that offense. I know the offense had been dreadful up until I think the past few weeks or so. Now they're starting to hit a little bit again. Um, but the pitching is just too good. I know they they demoted Karen Chak, but the back of that bullpen still gets me feeling some type of way, you know, similar to that Yankees uh-huh. bullpen. And I mean, I don't think they're going to trade Shane Bieber. I know that this is the time where they usually trade their starting pitchers where they have a year and a half left of control before they get they shipped are. off. But I don't know. I, I still feel like there's a window there. And if you rattle off, you know, four wins in five games or six wins in eight games, you're right back in the thick of things because the Twins are letting you come back right now. Uh, but it all depends on who gets hot first and who wins their matchups more specifically.
0: I picked the Twins to win the division at the beginning of the year, but that's probably just because I don't like picking my team. And you know, they don't want to be biased. Psychology? <laughs> no, just a little reverse psychology. I try and stay. I've had, you know. Former Guardians players yell at me, like, "Why don't you pick us?" I'm like, "There's a there's a strategy up here."
1: Here's there's what there. I'll say: They've played seven times this year. Cleveland is four and three. So if yes. you win the other seven two, and you get two games on them right there, that's a really good start.
0: Yeah, that's good. They're two and a half back it right now as we speak, and I will be seeing the Guardians down in San Diego the next two nights. Very so I'm nice. very excited about that. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, the San Francisco Giants. They actually hold a wild card spot as we speak. Beginning of the year, didn't look so great. Last six weeks, they've been pretty darn good, and today they go for the sweep in St. Louis, but San Francisco Giants fans are especially excited because it will mark the Major League debut of their top prospect, 21-year-old power-hitting center fielder Luis Matos. He got pulled from his minor league game last night after Mitch Hanager broke a bone in his forearm. So it sounds like Matos is going to get his shot here. How much are you believing on these Giants right now? You on?
1: You know, I wanted to be off because they're another team that has a ton of really interesting trade pieces. But also, you know, these are the Giants that won 107 games not too long ago, and there's still that formula there for them. Um, I find it really interesting because I think they they chose their reclamation projects very well. They they gave Michael Conforto a shot and he's been hitting really well for them the past two weeks. Uh, I don't know how Jock Peterson never gets a multi-year deal because it seems like every year he's just got a 900 OPS and he gets flipped somewhere. He's been great for them as well. Um, the pitching staff, Logan Webb turned things around. Remember, he had a really tough April and then kind of righted the ship a little bit. The biggest thing for me has been they're the first team that figured out Alex Cobb because I feel like every year we came into the year saying Alex Cobb's got great peripherals on this thing and this thing. And if he does this thing correctly, he'll be really good. And every year it's been kind of a disappointment. And right now he's the best starter on their pitching staff. And they have a nice little big three there that can really go toe to toe. The problem is they play in a really tough division. uh, And I don't see any of the teams in that division slowing down. In fact, the Padres have finally started to get things going a little bit in their lineup as well. Um, For the Giants, I don't think... They're going to sell anymore i think they kind of feel like a stand pat team um but i think they're going to play a lot of interesting baseball this year and i'm glad that they're getting some young studs in the mix as well
0: offensively they've actually been a pretty fun watch uh late night lamont has been awesome almost a 900 the quietest
1: like mvp season that we're seeing right now i haven't heard a lick about lamont wade
0: no he's been really good i'm not so sure i'm going to count him in mvp territory anytime soon but But he has been very, very good. J.D. Davis, I know he just went down with a possible sprained ankle. He's been excellent. Tyro Estrada has just been a stud for them. Uh, You know, he's also stealing bags. Patrick Bailey, it's amazing, right? We all thought Joey Bart was going to be the future once Buster Posey retired. He just got activated and sent down. Patrick Bailey, a switch-hitting former first-round pick of theirs, is a dude. I cannot wait to see Matos. Ever since he moved up to AAA, they were like, okay, well, there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period from double to AAA. guy's basically been hitting 400 up there, and he's had six homers in his last six games. So I cannot wait to see what this kid is all about. It's been a while, it feels like, since the um, Giants have had a top-notch prospect. You know, they've always been a team that has made a trade or signed right. a guy here and there. But we'll see what this all comes down to so I we will wait. see
1: today matos is batting second and playing center field yep. in today's lineup so there you yeah. go
0: and 21 years old so i love the excitement you know just like the reds fans have had with ellie de la cruz this guy he might not be six foot five and and run the bases like a gazelle well the way that ellie de la cruz does but he's got a ton of tools and i can't wait to see what he's bringing So good for the Giants. I hope they're going to be in it all year. That place, when that place is packed, there are a few better stadium environments than San Francisco. Um, And by the way, the pitching staff has seemed to settle in. The thing is, is the back end of their rotation. Remember, they gave multi-year deals to Stripling and to Mania, and neither one of those guys have been good. And so now I was on a San Francisco radio station today, and they were like, can we get Shane Bieber or Marcus Stroman? So that's kind of where they are fan base wise.
1: I mean, if you're buying at the deadline, they certainly don't need to buy offensively, but getting one more impact starter in there. I mean, that takes them over the edge for me.
0: Yeah, certainly as a wild card team. And once you get in, right, the two teams last year that were seated five and six were the ones that made it to the NLCS, right? Just get into that party. All kind right, of, before we get out of here, what? I
1: was just going to say, being the sixth seed, kind of lucrative, get to play one of those central teams
0: just saying yeah and uh you know the thing is is the argument is that it screws up your pitching rotation for the next round well if you disperse them in two games you're still pretty much on schedule right and hopefully you have enough depth to match up last year we saw with the top two seed the dodgers and the braves were the two teams that got the buy and they both got bounced in their divisional round
1: exactly so i mean Maybe there's a formula to it that we don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay, now this is something that happened a few days ago, but I didn't have time to bring it up on Monday or Tuesday's show. Jalen Hurts, who is the newly minted, highest-paid quarterback in the NFL, was at Devontae Smith's charity softball game. He slid while wearing shorts into third base. Dude, he put down his left hand, by the way, which is the way I broke mine in softball. Because the guy just plays 100 miles an hour with whatever he does. Do you like it when your athletes at a charity event are going full bore? Are you watching it with like both hands over your eyes?
1: You know, I I don't want to be the the enemy of fun because it looked like he was having a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean that's a lot of money invested, and in. I mean it's it's even more so when it's your star quarterback who just got you to the Super Bowl. That's the guy with the the keys in the ignition, man. If he goes down, the team kind of goes down. Uh, I mean, I'm glad he's fine. You know, I I don't, I don't know what scenario he'd be in where maybe hurts his wrist or something like that. But yeah, maybe if I'm ownership, I tell me, let's just, let's just ease up a little bit.
0: Got a nice big old strawberry while sliding into third. Seriously, to me, it was the putting the wrist down. Cause I did, I snapped my wrist twice playing softball. And I heard when I went to the ER, we see more softball injuries than anything out there. Like all <laughs> I could imagine is Philly fan waking up and seeing Jalen hurts snaps wrist during Devonte Smith charity softball game. It does scare Like, I saw my uh Miles Garrett. You know, he played in the when they had the NBA All Star game in Cleveland, he played in the celebrity thing. And mm-hmm. he's out there like trying to do three sixty dunks because he's just such a physical freak and he loves hoops. I'm like, stop. Stop what you're doing. I want to wrap you in bubble wrap until September. You don't have we to. You can't go tell freak
1: camp. athletes to not be freakishly athletic.
0: I know. Athletic. <laughs> I know. And here I am. I could barely move and get out of bed. <laughs> you know, I have eight herniated discs. So there you go. Jeez. Um, What do we have to look forward to with you these days on John Boy Media?
1: Well, you mentioned the All-Star event. We're doing live ref guests at that event, which I'm very excited for. And hopefully there will be more live MLB Trivia Night events coming up soon after that. Uh, but mostly just hanging out on the jam baseball channel with you new trivia video out every day. And then on my own channel, new video out every Saturday.
0: That's awesome. Keep up the great work. It's, it's fantastic. Um, Latest Rose rotation is out Corbin Carroll reigning NL player of the week stud extraordinaire, soft-spoken kid. We get that, but interesting. If you want to find out a little bit more about one of the, he's not future star. I mean, he's already there folks. He's uh yeah, in with, that
1: MVP conversation too.
0: We talked about that yesterday uh, with Ploof. He's he's right there. There's no question about it. Uh, also, the baby ball players thing that we've had out. We've done three of them so far with the Twins, Dodgers, and Yankees. Keep consuming that content. I just did it with the Chicago White Sox yesterday. The pictures are hilarious, <laughs> and um, the players were really funny. So Looking forward they had they seeming yeah they have a good time with those things. So keep watching for that and um. I had a great uh, interview with Lucas Giolito that'll be out next week. He and I just sat in the Dodger stadium seats, banged out an in-person interview. I'm going to do the same thing, I think, with Glass now later this week.
1: That's That's a nice change of pace. Good for you. Love that.
0: Totally. Totally. Really, really fun. All right. um, We always appreciate you hanging out here. So, you know, as Ploof's star continues to rise on the Bally's north front, you're going to be getting a few more texts from me, Jolly Olive.
1: I'm cool with that. I mean, one day, Plouffe will inevitably leave us for the booth, right? So I got to warm up my spot a little bit.
0: We always appreciate it. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the entertaining, informative, and interesting Jolly Olive, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Thursday on Baseball Today.